morning. Um, being called Chair of Trustees makes me feel very old. And then I look at Phil Walker and see what a wreck of a man it's made him and think, oh, goodness. But he's done a phenomenal job and really big shoes to fill. I'm going to... To fill? Do you like that? P-H-I-L. Um, so we're going to read from Psalm 139. So I'll start with uh, that from verse 1. You have searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you, Lord, know it completely. You hem me in behind and before, and you lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go to, to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the, night become, and the, and the light become night around me, even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day, for darkness is as light to you. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful, I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you. When I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. How precious to me are your thoughts, God. How vast is the sum of them. Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. When I am awake, I am still with you. If only you, God, would slay the wicked away from me, you who are bloodthirsty. They speak of you with evil intent. Your adversaries misuse your name. Do I not hate those who hate you, Lord, and abhor those who are in rebellion against you? I have nothing but hatred for them. I count them my enemies. <laughs> Pardon me. Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Very famous passage there. And uh, last week, the elders fed back on our time of prayer as a church and the review we've been undertaking. And I encourage you to catch up on this through podcasts if you're able or talk to Kev, Joe and uh, people there and just find out what's going on. Uh, today, I thought we would have the title, How Did We Get There? And that psalm actually talks about God knitting us together in our mother's womb. And it's coming from a place not just of an accident, but a real intentionality from God. But using Psalm 139 as a base a bit later, I've got some thoughts on that. But actually, I'm thinking how most of us ended up here today in Grace Academy, Darleston. Because part of the feedback last week involved our thoughts about Darleston and not just thinking of it as a stop-off point in our journey, but how we can get more deeply involved here. And if you don't know, I work in this school and I've done so for about 11 years or so. And today, reflecting on my own journey, I thought it'd be good to look at how we got here and also what we as a church currently do in Darleston in the school. And around 13 years ago, I was in the church office in the Junction 10 building. Uh, who remembers Sheila 
and uh, Carol, you remember there, Carol, Scottish, so there. And I remember being there. I used to sometimes, I didn't like my office because it was very hot and it smelled. So I went in the spare desk and often worked, it probably smelled because of me, didn't it? But uh, anyway, um, we, I went at the spare desk and often sort of worked there until I was told by Carol to sort of get out or something like that in a nice way. But I remember vividly a call coming through and it was someone who used to be involved in AOG, our denomination, asking to speak to Jonathan Bentley about a new school that were, was opening up and it was having a Christian influence and could we be involved? And a few weeks later, we found it was Darleston Community Science College. And it's had various names over the years, but it really piqued my interest. A lot of people would still go here, still remember it's Darlow Comp. But, but it piqued my interest as I used to go in and do lunch clubs here uh, when I was on Pays, which is a Christian gap year. And Jan and Jeff Clark, who often sort of sit around here when we have uh, the seats the right way round, um, they had worked in there for years and they invited us to go in and do the lunch clubs. And our leader at the time was uh, not the, the most organised of chaps, so he booked our lunch club at the same time as we did Will and All Comp. So we couldn't go at the same time, and he was always off sick. So what happened was I ended up always going into Darleston on my own and uh, having to walk like ages because there wasn't a bus route there right to the school and all this sort of stuff. But I remembered it really fondly. So around 10 years before we got that call, I'd already been here. So I was thinking, oh, this sounds interesting. And basically the school um, that was there, that um, the old Darleston Community Science College, had now in around 20, 20, 2008 had been deemed to be failing by various authorities and despite all the hard work of the staff who were there. And Grace Academies had been asked to take over it, which would mean a new start for the school and a new building in a few years' time. And we were asked to be a partner church helping with school transformation because part of their vision that they'd done in Coventry and Solly Hall was go to a failing school in the areas where uh, Bob Edmiston, who is a Christian businessman, imported Subarus, Isuzus, and things like that, um, where he made his money, but also help transform the schools through Christian holistic education. And another part of the new start was having a new building. And actually, when uh, Tracy Edmiston, Bob's wife, went into the old building, which if you could go back one a second for me, into that building, she cried. She said she wouldn't have put a dog bodger in that school. It was failing, like not just as a school educationally, but the building was crumbling. When I worked there a few years later, one day I was on call walking around seeing anyone I needed to pick up. I walked into a stairwell and it was literally a waterfall coming down. And then... I had to like get people, and we had to close the school that moment because it was a massive fire exit. It went up four stories and it was just flooding as we speak because of rain. Later that week, we bodged all that up, we'd sorted that, just about to say, yeah, kids can come back, it's safe. And you see that water tower at the top? Well, we had swirling winds, all the cladding from that was flying around, hitting cars. It was like sort of some sort of uh, Warner Brothers cartoon. So the, the school was falling down. 
in it. So it was part of changing the school, but also um, it was part of bringing something new into the area. So Grace Academy Darleston was born. Now, Rachel Jenkins is addicted, one of our elders, to calling it GAD all the time, which is our sort of initials. GAD does stand for Generalised Anxiety Disorder. Um, so sometimes it's like, oh, I think Grace Academy would be better. Uh, but with it, we were asked to get involved as a school because that Christian ethos was very key to the team. And I was asked, to, um, and it, initially from my interest being piqued, it looked like I wouldn't be able to get involved, and then it was, and things sort of changed, and there was just a story with that itself. But I was asked to come in for a couple of days a week on behalf of the church, set up a thing called Extended Schools, which is clubs and things in the community. But within nine months I was on staff full-time as an assistant principal for ethos. Now some people ask what that means and I say it's a bit like a b-day. No one's quite sure what it's there for but it adds a touch of class. <laughs> and so I started as this assistant principal for ethos and I'm involved in many parts of the leadership and even at last Friday when I was looking with the head at some of my roles and it was like how did I get that? For example, health and safety, when it's well known, I am the person who's broken their ribs three times when working at school, but I am still the one who is in charge of health and safety. Now, that is quite an odd sort of uh, thing there. But what does the ethos look like? Well, here's a video uh, filmed at one of our partner schools because the model we do here is was also at Coventry at Solihull, and I'll tell you in a minute, in some other schools it is as well. But this is all about Grace Foundation, who sponsor the work we do currently, and what difference it makes. So let's have a look. It's not over-dramatising when I say they're life-changing conversations. It is an incredibly hard world out there. We look at social media, we look at the challenges of that, we look at relationships and what's normal and where this normalisation comes from in today's society is a very, very strange place where young people are getting their information on that they make these decisions. And sometimes that isn't a good place where that information is coming from. You would say, are these purely core educational parts of it? And it isn't, but we know that someone has to deal with it. It's, if it's a checklist of making kids feel what, have good well-being or feel better, then you're not doing your job properly, really, are you? You need that actual, practically helpful advice. A happy people wants to work harder and will be in school more, so therefore the teachers win, but then also the ethos team are helping the, the full pupil. I've struggled a lot with anxiety and they've helped me like um, go through that with doing mentoring. It makes you like feel really supported and makes you feel good because like you always know that someone's there for you. They really engage and it feels like you're not in a lesson but you're almost in like just discussion. It's good because you know that if there's any problem, then you, you just go to them and you know that they're going to sort it out. Have a good mindset. Have good people around you so that you can keep that mindset on. You don't have to be concerned about anyone and what they think about you. So our vision as Grace Foundation is to help transform young people's lives through holistic education. 
And at the heart of our Christian ethos, it's about helping support the emotional, spiritual, relational needs of young people. We partner with schools from the inside out to help students grow from the inside out. And we run an incredible ethos program through the work of our team, um, which covers building healthy relationships, developing character and values, and helps young people understand Christian perspectives. In each partner school that we work with, we've got an ethos leader, a family support worker, and a youth worker. And we've got a central team of specialists who help support our partner schools on the ground through specialist education, whether it's about sex and relationships or youth and family support. This vision is growing all the time and we're so excited to make a difference, not just for the communities that we work in every day, but a growing number of schools around the country. A school environment has to be focused on um, academic outcomes a lot of the time. And I think something that the Ethos team really brings is that sense of actually we care about you as a whole person and of course your academic success is a part of that but it's also um, how you grow and develop as a human being you know your values your goals in life and and your mental health and all those other things that make us human so the difference our ethos team has on the school life is that actually we're here for a purpose our whole purpose is to bring values-driven education to our students and so we have the opportunity and the focus not to just build attainment results, not just to increase pastoral positive behaviour, we actually hold hands to both of those and we give support to the attainment and ensuring that the students are learning, that they're engaging, that they're accessing but we also help them through the pastoral issues that they're facing. We have the privilege of the time and the focus and the drive to see those changes happen. We talk about um, potential here and excellence and I wholeheartedly believe that, that every time we have an opportunity to have a conversation with a young person, it's an opportunity to, to grow and develop them and to kind of challenge their thinking and encourage them, raise the bar higher. You can do, you can achieve and as a team and as our little ethos team, we're right behind you and we are championing you all the way. We want to change lives. It's made me uh, think about my values, it's made me think about like who I am as a person and it's made me you know, realise that I'm more than I thought I was. So that's Grace Foundation and a few years ago uh, Grace Academies, led by Lord Edmiston, then merged with Tove Learning Trust. But Grace Foundation became a sort of separate sponsor that offers a team of an ethos lead, a family support worker and a youth worker to various schools. And that continues in the three Grace Academies and then the majority of the Tove Learning Trust schools. Then we've recently got involved with the Invictus Trust, which works mainly around Dudley and sort of pushing out there. And also the Mercian Trust, Trust, which is headed uh, by our, uh, Kevin Davis, who's the chair of Mercy and Trust, which really fulfills the biblical mandate of working with evil tyrants, doesn't it? Um, no, that, that was a joke. Uh, but... Um, there, we've just started working in Q3, which is the first Mercy and Trust uh, school that we're working in. Uh, now, you may remember Rachel Wright or Rachel Waterfield, as you know on the video. Who remembers Rachel Waterfield? And then uh, Mike and Debbie and Jonathan and Ivy. So remember those family. And 
she came as my youth worker here, and her husband, Pete, uh, worked here. We've had people like Ian Grizzle, um, Leanne Jones, lots of different people over the years who you may remember, you may not. And they're all different people who've worked here. And it's important to get the Christian ethos is distinctive but inclusive. So in our school, we work people with all faith and no faith. And there are things, it isn't a case we can just do what we say and uh, we sing hymns every moment as a, a school or anything like that. We're a normal secondary school, but has got a Christian ethos team working through as well. And some of the things we do, and a whistle-stop tour over the years, we've done six international trips, working with international Christian partners, teaching students about uh, justice, um, helping people who are poor and um, helping students understand why Christians might work in those sorts of situations. We've done youth nights with young people coming to concerts hosted by the church. We've had hundreds of people in this room and in the old assembly hall listening to the gospel from different bands such as 1224 from the Message Trust and other people there. We've done silent disco here and we were starting to build our youth nights back up. And then, unfortunately, COVID, but that's something we want to do again. And Sue was brilliant at linking there. Three trips to Audacious Church that our um, AOG head, Glyn Barrett, runs, doing social action there, who Mon seems to harass on a regular basis. And sort of, I think he's taken out an injunction as we speak, uh, Glyn is. But see what the church does, see how they're working with the homeless, get involved with clearing houses of people who may be in a vulnerable situation. We've done free charity singles, one filmed at Tim Hughes's church in Gas Street, events throughout the year looking at Christian ethos, including we really focus on Christmas and Easter. We had uh, Vicky, who's in with the kids, uh, come in, and Sue as well, who you've seen earlier, come in this year and speak to all Year 7s, along with other team members from Salvation Army, Church of England, answer questions about what it's like to be a Christian. My class were that enthusiastic about it. Every answer they were clapping, and I had to tell them to stop clapping. I was like, stop it. We won't get through the questions. We'll clap at the end. So I was sort of the Grinch there. Uh, we've got Urban Saints, who are another national organisation who runs Spree, coming in again with Sue, uh, supporting clubs and mentoring opportunities. Um, the year before, we had Jesus Live coming in, which you may have seen, a big bus, where we had 600 students doing RE lessons on this bus, uh, following, looking at um, a life of forgiveness, learning what that means, and learning about Jesus' life following an RE lesson that fits with the curriculum. And then earlier this year, we had Key to Life bus, which is we get 300 primary school students, and they learn about uh, Jesus' life, again, supporting the curriculum. This year coming up, we're clearing the chairs in here in November and we're going to have the Life Exhibition, which is a similar thing where we're going to invite primary schools in again to hear about Jesus, but in a really uh, educational way that fits with the curriculum. And we know there are people who've come to this school that have been encouraged to find faith or grow in this faith. And we've had people who've come to this church who are still part of this church and other churches as well uh, because of the interaction with Grace Academy and the Ethos team. And our current Ethos team is myself as the Ethos lead. And then we've also got Justine, 
and we've got Alana, and they're going to come and talk to you about their role. So please, can you welcome Alana? So we're going to start with Justine, because I think she want me to get it over as quick as possible. So here you go. Um, yeah, so I'm the family support worker at Grace Academy. Um, I've been here for 10 years now. Um, I've got a few notes in case I forget. Um, so I work with students and families at home and in school. Um, that can be a wide variety of issues, um, just to kind of include mental health, in, uh, physical and debt and finance, young carers, safeguarding, and lots more. Um, I run parenting workshops. Um, shorter individual workshops, longer parenting courses. Um, we have coffee mornings to encourage parents to come into the school because sometimes they will have had a bad experience at school and that kind of becomes a barrier then between it is including messy church for our families and this year we're going to be including a hot meal with those as well. Just thinking about circumstances for everybody at the moment. Um, yeah, and kind of without, we've got our core values here as well, uh, used a lot, third chances. Um, which is, you know, seconding. Sometimes we go forward and we go back, and um, that's just the nature of, of the job, really. We support our families. I'll be not to speak too loud. I'm a loud person, but uh, so Phil said, keep it. My previous honour will keep it at a normal level, okay? Some of you might know me here as a child. Um, I'm now a Robert, so I'm Welsh and boring. So... <laughs> Anyone who's called Roberts, I apologise now. Um, yeah, so I'm the ethos youth for about two and a half years. Um, this one that you've had. Um, <laughs> I started just before COVID hit. So it was a bit difficult at first, but um, I actually really, really enjoy um, what I do. I love my job. Um, and a lot of that is to do um, clubs. Um, so I do a club called Drop-In, which is about the kin to go in. And they have to have good stamps. So it just means that they've got um, good kind of, um, and I have, And it's always full. Always full. I never go below unless there's a trip. And I'm like, where are all the children? Um, but it's um, so I do get to know what's going on in their lives, and that's just having fun and having chats with the kids and getting. We have Thrive, which is a Christian lives outside of their lessons, really, and that is full. Um, so you know, I've always got students in there, and obviously we have a different theme. So this theme was the two. Um, greatest commandments um, and I, I give them a little test at the end and they win prizes it's really amazing and they're very good but sometimes they get the two confused but um, in, like anxiety and things like that to help um, both um, girls who comes and help uh, we do the boys project and we do um, worth it as well um, help with the holiday club helps me with um, but I do a lot of intervention with and the Jesus bus which was amazing, um, and the kids are really engaged with stuff like that. Um, so, yeah, it's just bringing a little bit of Jesus into school. So, yeah, that's me. Thank you. One of the examples Justine said for Messy Church and people go, we've got to come, we've got to book in, have we got our place? So it's some uh, people coming to things that uh, have got that Christian input and also, like, the chats people have with Justine and Alana, especially Justine talking to families, asking if they want prayer, and uh, often we as a church help with that as well, and families have been introduced. We had to cancel our pantomime this year, which was such a shame, because when we put it out to parents, did they want to come to a panto with church-based influence in it, run by Doug Hawley, a Christian uh, 
kids uh, evangelist. We sold, well, we allocated the tickets from the school. They went up at about four o'clock. The next day, they sold out by nine o'clock and we had 110 reserved places. That's right, isn't it, Justine? And people still go in, can we book in? Now, I'd like to say you lot weren't as good booking in. So people are hungry for stuff at times. So, uh, and even though we had to cancel it, it shows that sometimes we can be very tiptoey about things, but people want to be involved with things for various reasons. And yet we still need to make it clear. We still have to make sure we're following, uh, we're not indoctrinating people, that we're going about the way we speak about our faith in an appropriate way. And we do that. And as I said, we're very inclusive to those of all faith or no faith. But we really think it's an opportunity. And sometimes we have given updates in the past here, but sometimes we've almost got on with it. And even when I've talked, I haven't maybe given as many stories about it. And there's a lot of us like that who are living out what God's told us to do, but we may Maybe not uh, sharing those stories. And I was challenged over the last couple of weeks to think, well, God's got involved so much in the things we've done here and pieced things together, as I'm going to explain a bit more now. But sometimes you just go, oh, that's great, and move on, on to the next thing, especially if you do us. And I started us talking about as how we as a church, started to get involved in the school around 12 years ago. And at the time, Pastor Jonathan Bentley and his team started to put together a document about a thing called the Foundry and an expression of church in Darleston. However, for a number of reasons, that went by the bayside. Then we got to a place after leaving our Junction 10 site following a clear word from God to the leadership we found we needed a place to be. And Rachel has kindly recorded a bit about what went on there about, uh, was it six, seven years ago? So let's watch the screen. Good morning, Church at Junction 10. Um, Phil's asked me to share with you the story of how we ended up at Grace Academy Darleston. We had uh, heard from Caris that they wanted us to move. They got opportunities that they wanted to do something themselves on a Sunday eat on a Sunday, and so they'd given us notice of six months for us to move. Um, so we'd spent that whole time looking for somewhere new and praying into where we were going. And we were asking God for an opportunity and a place. Um, my car was well known around the area because I'd been scouting around so many places. We, uh, we'd found nothing available from cinemas to shul starts to so many different things. So what we did was we actually um, tried to contact Grace Academy Darleston along with a lot of other venues. From that point of view, we were getting to a point where we were finding it really difficult. So because we got nothing, we'd looked at potentially having an actual tent because there'd been so many prophetic words about tents. We'd looked at a mobile building. We'd looked at a whole host of different things. So we called an emergency trustee meeting on the 8th of August. Um, I remember it because it was so close to our holiday and we were due to go on holiday, I think it was on the 12th. So um, 
yeah so in that meeting well, uh, the last thing that we could possibly do was continue to chase up about Grace Academy Dorlaston but it was one of those things where it was a quite a way out from Allenwell it was quite a way out from um, Junction 10 and it was we knew that that was a bit of a big stretch for those people living in Aldridge for those coming from Cannock and further afield for them to travel to then go to Darleston so uh, we ended the meeting and we said that we would uh, everybody was praying and we would carry on Phil wasn't driving at the time, Phil Miles, so I said, would you like me to take you home? So I dropped him home, and on the way home, he said to me, did, he's the head of Ethos at Grace Academy Darleston, he said, do you want me to try and speak to um, some of the seniors at Grace Academy and see if I can schmooze the way um, for us at Grace Academy? To which I answered, I really appreciate it, but no, because we need to know as a as a community and as a church that if we end up in Darleston that that's because God has directed it and not because we have manipulated it so he answered thanks and okay that's fine and he said he felt relieved because he was a bit concerned he didn't really want to do it anyway so we parted I don't company remember that part. And, I don't um, think that's there. But anyway. <laughs> literally, I think it was about 24 hours later. He rang me up and he said, are you free? And I went, yeah, it's on a Thursday morning. I said, yeah, why? And he said, I've just had their head come into the school, into my office saying, apparently your church are looking for a room. Why haven't you said anything? And why haven't you just let me know that in actual fact you need the building? Can you come to the school? So I said, yes, of course I can. So um, that's what we did. I went to the school and the head, um, who is quite a quiet gentleman, said, um, actually, let's just go outside. We need to count car park spaces. So we counted car park spaces. Well, he did it better than I did. And then he said, yeah, that's fine. And I said, what's fine? He said, you could use a building. I went, oh, oh, okay. And he said, uh, will you need some space for equipment? And I said, well, yeah, because we've got all our, our emergency equipment, our music equipment, we'll need to put that somewhere. And he said, showed me a space, he said, will that be big enough? And I went, yeah, that will be big enough. And then he said, have you got anything else? And I said, well, all the stuff for the children's ministry and for refreshments and for... Um, uh, teas and coffees and stuff um, and he said so will that show me another room and he said will that be big enough and I said yeah that would be marvellous so essentially we were given a really low rate we were given plenty of space for storage and I explained that I did not know how long we were going to be here and that we could be around for quite a while to which he said that's fine I'm not bothered, it's fine, you can stay as long as you like. And so we walked away, I walked away and we got that place and it was just a miracle from God. The reason we are at Grace Academy, Darleston, is because God wanted us in Darleston.
have a great morning. And we probably haven't said that enough, that sometimes it seems like an area of convenience rather than actually we're here because we believe God's guided. And actually there are some details there I think are slightly different. We recollect, recollect stuff in different ways. I was actually in bed. It was half seven in the morning, two days. Why? And Carl, the head, rung me and went, can we make, do we push the door? No. Well, you, you want the, the building? So it was just, and that happened, which I think is really key for us to know. And on reflecting in the review recently, I realised we haven't shared that story much. And it's very easy to see this location as convenient, a new venue that let us store our stuff rather than see it from a gift from God and not tracing back the different things that have led to us being here and also have happened while we're here and also before. I remember when we held large black country prayer nights with over 2,000 people there at Bethel Convention Centre, a group of Ghanaians saying, when you're in the kitchen, you don't smell the cooking. You get used to it and you're cooking lovely smells and people come in and go, well, this smells nice and you don't know. This also applies teenagers to rotten smells as well. You don't realise what your bedrooms smell like. Um, I think today is a chance for us to thank God and stop and say, thank you for the cooking he's been doing. At the start, I read Psalm 39, and this is a psalm that is well known, but really came to my attention when I was on the way to run a Values Day on sex and relationships with 140 or so year nines in the old building, and I was stressed beyond belief. The educators who were going to do the contraception and uh, the sexual health sort of part, they dropped out at 9 p.m. the night before uh, when I was in Tesco's, and it was a really interesting year group and uh, we were under the microscope because people were watching and seeing is this any good and as I was on the way about 7am in the morning I was on the phone to my co-organiser from Grace Foundation and they said you know God has gone ahead of us here and he'll go behind us and they quoted Psalm 139, verse 5, where it says, You hem me in behind and before. And since that, that's really made me think when I go into classrooms, when I go into meetings, when I go into other schools around, that God has gone before and he goes behind. And it's one of those prayers that you sort of have, you know, supercalifragilisticexpialidocious is a word you're meant to say when you've got nothing to say. Sometimes it's worth having Bible verses in your mind when you've got nothing else. And this for me is one of those, that God's before us and behind and he's laid his hand on me. It's easy to see ourselves and our own struggles and not realise God is not just loosely before us and following sort of way behind, but actually it says that he is right behind us. He's hemming us in. The psalmist still had issues. It says near the end, problems and enemies, and they were causing them all sorts of problems. But he was able to speak to a God who is there wherever we go and knows us intimately. Verse 7 points to the fact that we are never alone. Now, if I was Kev, you know I'd probably launch into a song going, 
when you walk through the storm and try and get the congregation to join in and nobody really wants to, uh, you'll never walk alone. Now, I don't really know why Kev likes that so much. I think he's just into the musical carousel. I, that's what I imagine what it is. But it says in verse 7, where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? And this psalm talks about God in control. When we had that phone call in the office, I didn't know the journey I was going to go on with Grace Academy. I didn't know the journey we were going to go on. The thing about knocking the building down was nowhere in mind there at all. And to be honest, I'd gone through a pretty rubbish time personally at that time, and I was tired. And you know, sometimes we're a bit done. At that point, I was. Rachel was run ragged when looking for somewhere for us to go. She tried everything. And so many obvious doors shut in her face and then a wide open door when we least expect it. The psalm also talks about God makes us unique. Verse 14 says, I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. One of the things, I, we have some coaching that's paid for externally and they do a thing called DISC, which is about four different types of personality. You might have used it in work with Thomas profiling and things like that. And what's good about us as a team, we cover myself, Alana and Justy, all the different letters. Because uh, So we, we're not all good at one thing, we're not all good at different things. I can't do what Justine does, even though I'm brilliant. And I can't do what Alana does. And each of us, whoever we are and wherever we are, can serve God using who we are and how he has made us. Finally, and I know time's going, but last week we went to the excellent. I spent most of my time uh, sort of looking after this chap and making sure he didn't get in too much trouble. I'm not sure who to attack Mons is. It might be Mons because I didn't see him at all on the day. But... Um, at the end, I was walking out of the tent after I'd been looking after that fellow on the screen. And this lady came up to me and said, do you remember me, Phil? And you know when you'd go, spring hot. No. Who are you? I'm going, I do remember you. And Claire used to do the special needs and help with the special needs when I helped running, run spring harvest 8 to 11s about 12 years ago or so we finished doing that and we were talking and catching up and I asked the question I went what church are you involved in again and they said oh the Salvation Army I said all right really good I go but I'm finishing my nursery nurse job to go and work for Salvation Army I went oh where are you going to be Darleston oh which for me, something inside me went, Whoa, because I've been working with the guy recently and often they move people on quite quickly. And I was thinking only the week before, I hadn't had a chance to say goodbye to Graham and find out who was coming next. So for me, that was brilliant. A God incidence of meeting someone, we exchanged numbers, fabulous. Then on the Tuesday, she went to a meeting and her husband, they told Graham this. He was moving on, as I said, was a bit like really excited that they were able to link with me, but also a bit like, oh, moving on and so much he'd done here and the links he'd had with the school. So he was like a bit down in the dumps. So his wife, I was about to say mum for some reason, his wife suggested what we all need to cheer ourselves up. Why not go to Ikea and have some meatballs? Fair enough. So they went. 
Judith Halser is looking like that is the least thing I would want to cheer myself up. But went there, and they went and sat in there. I had a trustees meeting that night. Not enough time to go home. So I went to Ikea for meatballs. And I thought, oh, I usually sit around there, but I'm going to sit near the sun. So I went near the window, nothing. And apart from one table, and there was a screen. So like a screen and another two tabs. So I sat down, about to eat. Man came from around the corner. It was Graham. So then... For me, I was able to say goodbye, I was able to talk to him, I was able to uh, bless him. He was able to bless me with how blessed he was about what had happened with the others. And there, it was just three people meeting at different times in a space of a few days that again confirmed to me this idea, as I've said from Psalm 139, God being in control, before us, behind us, hemming us in. And we pray for Graham as he goes to Cradley Heath for the new team coming in here. And we just look forward to what goes on there. So my challenge as we finish is we're not after like a big recruitment. and We need loads of you to help us here. We'd love you to pray. If there are ways you feel you can get involved here, please come and speak to one of us. We would love that. And we, we will be having prayer updates that we can let you know as we go forward. But think about how has God moved in your life? How do you tell that story? Because actually sometimes maybe I haven't told or recognised as much as I should. Also, do you realise that God is close to you? He wants to hem you in. And do, how do you use those talents and those gifts that God gives you? Now, some of you may have come in today and heard of all I've talked about and said, well, this is fabulous but I don't feel that God is close to me or cares about me. I'm not even sure that God exists. Or you might be thinking, what you're saying, Phil, is great, but that's just coincidence. It's all coincidence. Well, we've got a prayer team who were with you. They uh, just come to there near the end of the, the service or we can point you in direction, care for myself. They're just happy to talk to you and pray to you wherever you're at. And whatever you think, whatever's been niggling you as I've been speaking, there's a chance for you to pray and chat that through. But we're going to finish by singing the song History Maker. And it was big when I was like 17 and it was one you used to sing in stadiums and venues. But actually, it still makes us think about how God can move in us and help us move. So band, if you come together... Just as they're setting up, I'm going to pray. So uh, please stand and we're going to pray for you. Father God, we thank you for the abilities and giftings you give us. Help us know that you're a God who's close to us, who knows about us, who knew us before we came to this earth and you have a plan and purposes for us. Help us to live in those. We thank you for... Uh, having us here in Darleston and we pray that we will understand more about how you want to use us in the locality and reach the needs in this area. We thank you for everyone here and we ask that you would help them bring your love to the areas that they can in the ways you want them to do and help us be history makers, not to make ourselves look good, but to proclaim your name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Mick. Mm -hmm.